0: This podcast contains graphic descriptions that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Now, with that being said, welcome to the Mortal Musings podcast.
1: Right, let's do this. So I have a confession to make. um, We're all here for you. It's more to the listeners than it is to you. Okay. Because it was... Well, you you didn't work it out. So in a previous episode, we was talking about um, it might have been on the Fear of Clowns episode, and I'd said my dad would let me watch Exorcist as a toddler. Mm-hmm. I I was lying. I I don't know why I said toddler. I was I was about six. Um,
0: it, it's 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 funny you say that. Like we've had many conversation or argument. Or if I'm like, you did fucking say that. And you're like, I never. The amount of times I, I'm so certain, so fucking certain. Yeah. But you're convinced. It's actually funny as well, because there is an episode of My Favourite Murder that I was listening to. And Karen said she does that. She's like, I just lie all the time. She'll say something and it's like a half truth. It's like, like what you've just said. You did watch The Exorcist at a very yeah. young age, but it, it, you weren't a toddler. <laughs> like,
1: yes, I don't know why I said toddler.
0: I don't know. I don't know why you do that. I think a lot of people do that.
1: So I need to look out for. Uh... <laughs> You're outrageous
0: lying all the time.
1: Yeah. Like, is this. Am I a compulsive liar? You could be. Like, what? Oh.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We're just. I don't know what it is. Look it up. It's, it's not, not right the second we're, we're doing a podcast now, but it's something to look into. Because, like, I said it to you before because you got really angry at me because I called you a liar. And I said, I'm not saying you're lying maliciously, but you lie all the time.
1: I do not like, yeah, I, It's
0: never a big thing. It's never like a big thing. It's just like I get frustrated. I'm like, why are you saying this? And you're like, oh well, da, 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 da. and you're convinced. I don't know
1: why I said toddler.
0: The first, right because like I said because we, many... we were
1: talking about it after, and you said like you might have said something about my shitty parents or something, <laughs> and you said about oh, your dad letting you watch Exorcist as a toddler. And I said, no, I wasn't a toddler, I was six. And you went, well, on the podcast you said toddler. Yeah. I didn't even realise I'd said toddler.
0: I was half delighted about this because it was like, there you go. You you finally heard, you heard yourself say it and you were like, oh my God, I do that. Because you, you won't believe, it's like, you know, it could be anything. If I say, um, did you know X, Y and Z? And you'll be like, mm, okay. And then a week, a month later, whenever you go, so Sarah at work told me that X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I fucking told you. And you're like, yeah, no, no, but she said it to me. It was someone else who said it, you know, yeah. someone reputable in your mind. Like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. There's something about me that you're just like, okay. She's talking my, shit. Thank you for that information. I'm just going to completely ignore it and move on with my life. Just, just you tell of, me
1: a lot of shit, though. Just continue living my life. Yeah. On February 4th, The Minds of Madness is set to release an investigative four-part series centered on a cold case from nearly four decades ago. At first, it was just, my mom's gone. And then it became, you know, your mom was taken by a bad man. They found video of him killing women.
0: If you'd ever watched any uh, episodes of Breaking Bad, that's exactly what you would see. He buried these 11 women and kept going out there. He made a road going out
1: there. You got this dude saying, hey, I'm going to show your family these pictures, and, like, he's secretly taping her. The cops don't care. We're nothing to them. Dumped her like a piece of garbage, you know. I don't see anything that screams there's two people doing this. I never thought anything was going to come out of this case. Ever. Listen to the Minds of Madness series, Who Killed Jennifer, starting February 4th, wherever you get your podcasts. So, um... What episode are we doing today then?
0: Today we are going to look into the Tri-State Crematory Scandal. Okay. Now, you you may not remember it in detail, but we've definitely talked about this one before.
1: Is this one you heard on um, another podcast?
0: Yes. Um, this one I heard on Obituary. They talked about it. Okay. So, um... Yeah, credit where credit is due. That's where I uh, first heard this. Um, go listen to their podcast; they're absolutely amazing.
1: They are actually like so funny. So I was never one to listen to podcasts, especially true crime podcasts. Um, so theirs theirs isn't true crime, but it's dark. It's
0: yeah, they'll cover a lot of um obituaries. Well, yes, obituaries. <laughs> uh, they'll cover obituaries. They do a segment about dumb criminals. Um. A lot of funeral traditions, or you know, things surrounding death, and different traditions in different countries. Not, it's it's brilliant. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, and
1: when when you got me to listen to them, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, they are, they're they great. are pretty funny.
0: So yeah, uh, I've basically robbed this off them. Thank you. Right. So we'll get into it, will we?
1: If we have to, if we must.
0: Yeah, we we do have to. We have got a show to put on here, Neil. Okay. Get it together, will you? <laughs> So, the Tri-State Crematory was located in Noble in Walker County in the state of Georgia. It was founded by Tommy Marsh in the mid-70s and it served funeral homes across Georgia, Alabama and Tennessee, hence, you know, Tri-State. Yes. There you go. Just in case.
1: I thought it'd be over four. You yeah. Know.
0: Well, this I'm here to help, okay? <laughs> It was the only crematorium in the area and it gave people another option when it came to making that decision, you know, either for themselves in the future or for a loved one. So by the mid-90s, Marsh's health began to deteriorate, uh, following multiple strokes as well as a diagnosis of dementia. So with that, the business was then turned over to his son, Ray Brent Marsh.
1: And is this where it went tits up?
0: It it did go a little bit tits up. It, it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It, was, it wasn't great. Okay. okay. So, in October in the year 2000, a delivery driver spotted something while he was at one of his stops. So, while at the Tri-State crematory, just off the path near one of the outbuildings, he saw what he thought looked like skeletal remains. Now, you've been a delivery driver you ever come across anything like that?
1: No. um, I think the weirdest one I had as a delivery driver was... uh, I actually have a photo of it. Do you you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, yeah. I was delivering in... Lovely young man. I was delivering in Dublin City Centre. And I was parked up because the drop I was going to do next wasn't open yet. I had to wait. Mm -hmm. So I was parked up. Where I could in Dublin Centre. And yeah, a guy walked down the footpath at the side of the van. He stopped, got his lad out and started pissing. Not on the van, in the middle of the footpath. And I mean, this is like 8 a.m. in Dublin City Centre. Yeah. So what did I do? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I took a selfie with a guy in the background pissing.
0: <laughs> I think the worst I've ever seen is someone literally squatting down taking a shit in the middle of the day.
1: That was outside a golf course, weren't it? Yes. Yeah. It was a woman. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I mean, a, a, as shocking as those experiences where it's not quite as bad as skeletal remains though. Yeah. So
1: it's like, can you, can you imagine? Cause is this in like a, a residential area?
0: Um, I, I don't think it's far from houses, but I think it's a little bit separate.
1: So as a kid, I was diagnosed with um, dyspraxia. So I was always legging myself up. I was yeah. always tripping myself up. Yeah. Can you imagine if I was a kid walking to school and I tripped <laughs> Jesus. Tri- tripped over? You know, like uh, a Airsoft, I said I toe-pegged a root, a yeah. tree root, and I went flat on my face. Yeah. Imagine if I did that like I was a little kid walking that's, to school and I tripped over That's a lot of over, trauma. And I tripped over Fuck that. Jesus.
0: So he reported what he saw to his supervisor and a complaint was filed with Sheriff Steve Wilson. Unfortunately though the sheriff fobbed it off as a regulatory issue meaning basically he just it wasn't his concern to investigate it. Okay. Okay. Sheriff Steve Wilson whoa, said- whoa, whoa, hang
1: on. It wasn't like-
0: Yes, meaning it was another department's job to investigate that.
1: But was it passed on immediately? Um, no, no. A skeleton?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually said on the matter, quote, If somebody tells me they saw bodies at a crematory, that's what a crematory is. A place for bodies. Not just, like, fucked about all over the gaff, though.
1: But they're supposed to come out of the crematory in an urn mm-hmm. as ash. Yeah. Not a fucking skeleton. hmm They don't go in as a skeleton.
0: Yeah. But th- that, that's what he had to say on the matter anyway. How, how far back is this? Uh, the first um, complaint was in the year 2000.
1: Oh, so it's really recent.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. No, really recent. That's 24 years ago.
1: Right, Megan. We've been covering cases from the 1920s. (laughs) The year 2000 is recent.
0: Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Dickhead. (laughs) Gerald Cook, uh, that was the name of the delivery driver, he wouldn't actually be back at the crematory for delivery until the following October in 2001. Now, By then, obviously, he assumed that the issue he had previously raised would have been dealt with by now, and I think that would be fair to assume. Yeah. So while he was there filling up the propane tanks, he saw a body, just out in the open, and it was severely decomposed. In the same area where the body was, there was also a backhoe and a blue harp covering a big mound.
1: What's a backhoe?
0: Uh, a backhoe is kind of like an excavator.
1: Okay.
0: Do, are you going to say something else or are you not? No. Okay. No, you were like, okay. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah. So, I mean, a backhoe and a blue tarp covering a mound, you can only assume what was under there.
1: Turf. <laughs> it could have been. I wasn't there. Sand.
0: I don't like to judge. I don't know. I was not there.
1: Was it ash? What? By ashes?
0: Well, I assume body or bodies and a mound of dirt over them or something. Very crudely buried, you know. Okay. So, Gerald Cook, the delivery driver, his aunt, Faye Deal, happened to work at the Federal Bureau of Investigation Office in Rosville. FBI? Mm Mm-hmm. He told her about what he had witnessed and she then spoke with investigator Frank Garcia, who then contacted the Walker County Sheriff Department. So after the Sheriff's Department had been notified, for the second time, might I had <laughs> yeah. an officer was sent to the Marsh's home to make them aware of the complaint. Clara Marsh, Brent's mother, told the officer it was not possible that there were remains on the property. So after she had told the officer this, he had a quick scope around the grounds and he didn't particularly notice anything off. And that's what he reported back. Everything seems all right. So...
1: So it had been like, cleared up because they knew. Well, he
0: didn't really investigate, did he? He was like, uh, yeah, everything looks okay. I'm not seeing a fucking body just out in the open.
1: Yeah, but didn't you say there were a mound?
0: But this was... uh, this was at their house.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: they lived there, but it, it, just because he went into one area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: So he looked in the wrong bit.
0: Yeah. So again, there's no real investigation, just kind of dismissing the whole thing. Yeah. Now, Faye. Faye Deal.
1: F- F- FBI woman.
0: Yeah, she. Yeah, she works at their office, yeah? Yeah. She wasn't fucking having it, Neil. So, on the 14th of February in 2002, she contacted a criminal investigator with the EPA, and the EPA are the Environmental Protection Agency. Agent Robin Hedden jumped on this straight away, and on the 15th of February, Robin Hedden and Larry Anderson of the EPA travelled to Noble to visit the crematory. And... As it's still within their jurisdiction, they didn't even need a warrant or to notify law enforcement. So this is where shit starts to go awry. It gets bad real fucking quick. Okay. So they get there and they start their search. And what they find in one of the first rooms they check was a pile of bodies.
1: What, just lo- loose bodies? just?
0: A pile of bodies, yeah. Like just piled up.
1: <laughs> Fucking hell.
0: It, it didn't get any better.
1: Is this going to turn out as a hoax? It's mannequins or something?
0: No, unfortunately not. Each subsequent area that they searched, they kept just finding more and more remains. There were bodies in various states of decomposition. Some were still oozing bodily fluids. Uh, some were still in their hospital gowns with ID bracelets still attached.
1: So that's what you meant by scandal. So they're charging people for cremation and not...
0: Well, yeah, like, obviously that's part of but it's just how they're handling these bodies yeah, is yeah. shocking. The decomposed body of a man dressed in a suit was found in a wooden box with the skeletal remains of a baby at his feet. <gasps> yeah. So it's it's it kind of seems not even just you're getting remains in and you're putting them somewhere you shouldn't and or leaving them for too long. Yeah. It's sort like where are we putting them? Find any spot.
1: But like uh Ed Gein's house. Find That's a spot. exactly
0: what this story is to me. It's you know, it may not be focused around an actual murder, but it's house of horrors. Yeah. Type of thing. It's terrifying. There was also a hearse found with a casket in the back, uh, again with a horrifically decomposed body of a man. Some of the bodies looked as though they had been dragged from one storage area to another. Some of the bodies had become mummified. And Dr. Chris Speary, George's chief medical examiner, said, quote, I have to say, the utter lack of respect in which they were piled on top of one another was very disturbing. And that's it, isn't it? It's It's yeah. just complete disregard for you know someone for uh, that person and their loved ones you know in total between bodies dumped in various storage units and those that were buried they found the remains of 334 people
1: fucking hell
0: yeah this 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 is insane like it
1: this is on one like one plot grounds yeah fucking hell
0: so in the time frame between the initial complaint and when this actually was getting properly investigated, 66 bodies were brought to the crematory. This is how bad it gets, Walker County was declared a disaster area in order to enable the use of funds for the cleanup. Fuck. The recovery of these remains turned into such a monumental task that they called in a mobile morgue unit. and. This consisted of experts including pathologists, doctors, nurses, and it was the same team that was used to help identify victims during 9-11. During this time, the newer bodies were moved to a different site in hopes family could come and identify them.
1: Um, well, I, I was just going to ask that about the families. Mm-hmm. So all this came about because of a delivery driver who saw a skeleton. Yeah. People sending the bodies there for cremation. Mm-hmm. They must have been getting ashes or they'd have been reporting it saying, my, my father who died, I sent his remains.
0: Oh, yeah, don't worry. I have something about that here. Okay. To do with the ashes. Don't worry about that. So after the horrors of this place came to light, locals began to realise that they hadn't actually seen smoke coming from the crematory in years. Years. Yeah.
1: Well, it will be years. What do you say, 300 and...
0: 334 When asked about this situation Major Hill Morrison who had previously sent an officer to check out the property and had reports that everything you know, seemed okay Fine
1: and dandy Yeah
0: <laughs> He said We were stuck between a rock and a hard place and also we had no reason to
1: suspect Do you know, do you know what else I bet he said? Yeah, I uh, got that pretty wrong
0: Yeah, turns out yeah. <laughs> got that pretty wrong. (laughs) It's just so, like, Jesus Christ. So, out of the 334 bodies that were found, only 226 were identified. Ray Brent Marsh did cremate hundreds of bodies out of the nearly 1,000 that were sent. So... (sighs) Like, is that really... It's a fair
1: play to him. <laughs> yeah. He did a bit of work.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, is that any kind of justification? Yeah. Hey, but I did do
1: a few hundred. Yeah. Why is that even a statement?
0: I don't even know. That was like part of the kind of um, defense? defense for him. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. It was kind of like, <laughs> well, you know, like he was doing something. But do all of it. Yeah. Do fucking all of it.
1: So, so was this a matter of he just took on, t- he got overwhelmed? 'Cause he, he took it over from his dad, did, you yes. Say? Yes, did his
0: he? Yes. Yes, his father became ill and he took over in the mid nineties.
1: So is he an evil bastard or was it he was burying his head in the sand, he got overwhelmed with the amount of work? I'm he took really
0: on? not sure what I think with this. I don't know if it was a case of greed or if it was, like you said, maybe overwhelmed, but Jesus, I don't know. There's no justifying what he
1: did. I think at some point you'd be like, okay, I've got three bodies. Oh, no, 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 because you said for years they hadn't even seen smoke. Yeah. Ah, Evil bastard. Hmm. Allegedly. (laughs)
0: Ray Brent Marsh was arrested and charged with 787 counts of theft by deception, abusing a corpse, burial service related fraud and providing false statements. Now, hmm. one official said, we have laws against desecrating graves, but we can't find one against desecration of bodies, he said. I guess nobody <gasps> in the legisla- What? Well, Come on. Yeah, I know.
1: Like, fuck off.
0: I guess nobody in the legislature ever thought something like this could happen. And it's a fair point. You kind of feel like, oh, how is there not a law against it? But who the fuck- would even think a person would do this yeah you you, you don't do yeah you?
1: this is right you know how there's right there's a, a law against theft yeah but there isn't really a law if a kid's ball goes over the fucking fence into the neighbor's garden and the neighbor's an arsehole saying you're not getting your ball back you can't phone the police but this is a bit fucking different
0: Yeah, well, I mean. Saying
1: it's a grey area, it's not really.
0: Well, like, they're they're not trying to say that. Basically, that's why the fraud charges were necessary. They needed to get him on something. You know, they they found a workaround, so to speak.
1: Okay. Okay, ignore what I said then.
0: (laughs) Excuse me, she's getting a bit (laughs) irate about this. (sighs) So, uh, like you brought up earlier, the urns that the families received. They believed it was the ashes of their loved ones and it turned out to be a mixture of burnt wood chips and dirt. I also saw reports saying that there was also cement dust used as well.
1: Okay. So no one got the loved ones back?
0: Maybe maybe some people did, but, you know, like we were talking about what, what was going on, what was going through his head and he was doing this. That's the bit that makes you believe.
1: He probably fucking stockpiled the, like... Any bodies he did burn, mm. did he say a hundred and...
0: He said he he cremated hundreds out of the thousand that was brought. <laughs> like. Yeah.
1: okay. Um, yeah, maybe he just...
0: I have five kids, but I take care of three of them just fine. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, So maybe he just uh, kept burning the bodies and got a good pile of ash and then divvied him up between urns.
0: Well, no, like I said, burnt wood chips, dirt and... Uh, cement dust as well is listed but people are he's faking
1: yeah but people would surely open an urn and go that's cement dust
0: what I've heard ashes are most like to is cat litter I don't know if that's true I've never actually seen ashes um but apparently cat litter is like there's like harder bits in it apparently
1: oh Mm. you taught me something
0: there you go so Tim Mason, he had actually sent his father's remains to the Tri-State crematory. Now, he believed that he had buried his father's ashes at Lafayette Memory Gardens. The reality was that his father, Luther P. Mason, was found stacked in a barn with the toe tag still attached. The family said about this, quote, We don't know if he was stacked on top of people or if people were stacked on top of him. We don't know if he was wearing clothes. I don't know what's worse. Him dying or
1: this. This. because
0: It's bad. Like, I mean, the, just to have the image of someone you loved and cared about.
1: Just tossed aside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd, literally.
1: I'd say it's worse.
0: Mm. But the family also said, I've known the Marshes all my life. My brother graduated college with Brent. They're wonderful people. Mrs. Marsh helped hundreds of kids in the area. So it's, you know, I mean, that's coming from the same family. They're kind of like, I cannot believe they would do this, but I never would have thought it. I don't know that side of them. Mr. McGill was the Walker County coroner until his retirement in the year 2000. And he said that the Tri State Crematory had operated illegally for a decade. And that was due to the absence of a licensed funeral director on the premises during operation. And that's actually required by a state law that was passed in 1992. Now, he had also raised concerns regarding sanitation requirements. He said, I filed complaints, but nothing was ever done about it. So we had the first complaint and the second complaint, and then we had the investigation by the EPA. Yeah. Yeah. This was the county coroner, he's saying, I've raised issues, yeah. I've fucking made complaints, nothing's ever done. Why? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Raybrand Marsh was sentenced to 12 years in prison and 75 years probation, as well as some pretty hefty fines. Now it's shocking that he got 12 years yeah. in prison. You know, considering that there was 787 counts, and with that, there was the possibility of thousands of years in prison. Yeah. Before Rayrant Marsh was sentenced, the relatives of the victims were able to speak on the matter. And because of the amount of victims, this took about six hours
1: to do. Fuck.
0: Mm. Now, once they had finished having their say on the matter... Ray Brent Marsh had a few things to say himself. Um. To those of you who may have come here today looking for answers, I cannot give you. What? What do you mean? What? Give them a fucking answer. You <laughs> like, did this. What? You fucking did it.
1: You could even lie. Like, say if he <laughs> is an evil bastard, he could say, I'm so sorry it weren't malicious. Uh, like, I've never done this before and my my father died and I had to
0: yeah. take over. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. He didn't even try to give some type of... Even if he's like, I, I don't know how to say it. I don't know. You know. He he was basically like, eh. What can he do? He also said, to those of you I have hurt, I apologise. Okay.
1: So they always apologise after they've been caught. hmm As if it means anything. Like, I know you're not going to apologise before you've been caught, but don't bother apologising after. Mm. You're sorry you've been caught. That's the only thing you're sorry for.
0: Now, before he was actually escorted out of the courtroom, he had one last thing to say. I will not cry when I go into my jail cell. I will not whimper. I will accept my punishment. I will do my time.
1: I bet he fucking did cry.
0: Good for you. Like, do your fucking time. Don't cry about it. Get on with it. Like, fuck me. In June 2016, Ray Brent Marsh was released after serving his 12 year sentence.
1: So now he's got, what do you say, 70 odd years parole?
0: 75 years probation.
1: Uh, Probation.
0: Now, one of the conditions of his probation is that he is not allowed to profit from anything involving his crimes, which, fucking good. Uh, he also was to send handwritten letters of apologies to the 226 families of the people that were identified. And did he? I, I, I assume so. I hope so. Okay. I mean, if it was me, I don't know if I'd really even give a fuck at that point. I'd be like, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with you. But it's the whole thing of like, make him try at least yeah. to it, show some it, type it's of... this as
1: good as toilet paper. Hmm.
0: So, as for why he would do this, you know, like we were talking about, I can't figure out why. I don't know what the hell reason he could possibly give. His attorney claims that Marsh was the victim of mercury poisoning. And that was caused by, um, you know, fillings in your teeth when they're melting down the bodies uh, because of the faulty ventilation while Cause, cause that,
1: yeah, so with the fillings in the teeth, that's, that's tons of fucking mercury.
0: Mm. According to his attorney. Sheila Horton, um, she was a relative of Marsh's and she thinks that greed was the motive. She claimed they just didn't want to spend the money to fix any issues that needed addressing.
1: Oh, so is that what it was? And he couldn't afford to fix it. No, because he's still getting work, so.
0: I mean, it doesn't even really matter, does it? No. You could have tried to sell on the business or just closed it down and got, you know. Yeah. There's no fucking reason. But uh, yeah, she also said, Lord Jesus, I don't know how they could go to bed at night with all of that outside of their window, which.
1: Oh yeah, because they live there. Yes. So they literally, before they got in bed, they. I over to the window and close the it's curtain. It's terrifying. There's a pile of bodies there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, you're a different type of person to be able to be okay with that.
1: There's been morbid and then, then there's yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Like, you... I don't know if you remember, in The Devil's Rejects, There's at the start of the movie, there's a scene where Otis is laid in bed with a corpse, like cuddling the corpse. No. Okay, like, I love that movie, but every time I watch that bit, I'm like, like, it's just the notion that, like, corpse, for fuck's sake. And then they're basically surrounded by them. Ah, it's alright. Yeah. So there was uh, many families that were involved in a civil lawsuit against the funeral homes that sent the bodies to the tri-state crematory. Walker County actually also sued. And that was for the cost of the cleanup, but ultimately the case was dismissed.
1: The, is, uh, have you got down how much it was?
0: No, but I imagine a hell of a lot. Like you, yeah. like declaring it a disaster zone. Yeah. So after his release, Ray Brent Marsh penned an apology letter. Ah. He said, "Moving forward, I can assure everyone." that my life and deeds will not only prove the sincerity of my words, but my desire to lead a life that is worthy of this community. So he's had his say. We'll give someone else a say. Veronica Lively, uh, her grandmother, was placed in Marsh's care. Mm -hmm. She said, My family served my family. He got a 12-year sentence. My family got a lifetime sentence of hard No one will ever know the extent of the horror that was up there. It's really scary to be in the same community with a person who could do that. What else is he capable of? Yeah, And I mean, like we've already said, but it's true. It's, if you're okay with something like that, you kind of start to go, what the fuck else? Yeah. You know? It's a bit like you, which are lying. You know, if you lie about such small things, what if it, what if it escalates, Neil?
1: Yeah. I don't know what that were about. Why did I say a toddler?
0: I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically the story of the Tri-State Crematory. And, you know, we, we still don't know for sure why this happened because he just hasn't provided any answers.
1: Uh, in my opinion, greed. I, I think it's greed. Yeah.
0: I mean, it could be like...
1: He wasn't very smart about disposing of the bodies. Well, they were not even disposing of them.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that um Is
1: this is this where you you showed me a photo and it was like a stack of coffins?
0: Mm-hmm. It was like
1: a pile of coffins. Is that from this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um yeah, he he saw it as a sure thing. Um if it worked, it'd probably never get caught. He was putting stuff in the urns to make it look like ashes. He wasn't having... But then, what was the point? Like, how much does it cost to run uh, Incinerator?
0: I'd say a hell of a lot. You'd need a lot of fuel to do that, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: I suppose. But yeah, I'd put it down to greed.
0: I think the kind of thing about it is it can be whatever it wants to be. Like, let's say it's something as simple as you were just greedy. Yeah. You still have to be a certain type of person to do that.
1: Do you and, know? What and I mean? like you said, to go to bed at night knowing just outside your window there's piles of bodies. And... It's
0: not like he was eaten up with what he had done, and went and said, "I got overwhelmed. I need help." Yeah. Like. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's the story of the tri-state crematory.
1: Fuck. Mm. So what um what oddity have we got? Let me take a look at the list. <laughs>
0: right, for our Oddity, I think we're gonna take a look at waking up during surgery. No. What do you mean no?
1: No. I don't want to hear about that.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, maybe we should give a little bit of a trigger warning for this because I think a lot of people are funny about surgery. So, accidental awareness during general anaesthetic is reported in approximately one in every 19,000 operations.
1: Still too often.
0: Well, yeah. (laughs) So most of the time the patient cannot communicate um, that they've woken up due to the use of muscle relaxants. And 40% of those who have experienced this have said that there is a negative psychological effect on them, ranging from moderate to severe. Now, most of these occurrences last for less than five minutes, but 30 seconds of that experience would be terrifying. Five?
1: Yeah. Five seconds. I...
0: Yeah. You're waking up, and the first thing you see is a bright light on you, and doctors all around you with the fucking you know, ass on. Yeah, like, fuck that.
1: So can you feel the pain? Yes. Oh, I have, fuck that.
0: Yeah, now I have um, a woman who experienced this. She spoke about it. So in 2008, a woman by the name of Donna Penner was booked in for surgery and she was one of the unlucky ones to have woken up. And um, this is what she said about it. They were moving around and doing their things, and then all of a sudden I heard him say, Scalpel please. Oh. I just froze. I thought, what did I just hear?
1: Fuck that. It's no good. And you can't get up?
0: No, you're paralysed.
1: Ah, uh, fuck that.
0: I panicked. I thought this could not be happening, so I waited for a few seconds, but then I felt to make the first incision. I don't have the words to describe the pain. It was horrific.
1: You'd think you're fucking in Saw Movie with Jigsaw. Yeah.
0: Like, could you imagine? You're trying your hardest to say something, do something, yeah. and your body just won't work for you.
1: It's like, I remember when, when I had my hernia surgery and, um, and I woke up. Like, my, mine was after the surgery and everything. It took me... About the first two minutes when I woke up, I didn't know where I was, mm. who I was. <laughs> like,
0: Well, see, I've never had surgery. Um, I, I wouldn't be delighted by having to have surgery, but I think I would, I wouldn't be as scared of it as you. You were very, very nervous.
1: I wasn't scared of the surgery.
0: Yeah, it was the anesthetic. It's kind of not
1: thing. waking up from, the, yeah. Yeah. Which, again, you know. They told you I would be in and out in 30 minutes. Mm. They couldn't wake me up for over two hours.
0: Yes, they said to me half an hour, at most an hour.
1: Yeah. They told me we couldn't wake you up. And then you told me, did you say I'd been gone nearly three hours total?
0: I think it was definitely over two. Yeah, it could have been three. I was just waiting there like, what the fuck? Like... Because I was concerned, because one, you were gone for way longer than they said, and two, no one was telling me anything. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, is something really bad happening? Like, what is going on?
1: Well, it was. They couldn't wake me up.
0: It was so funny, though, because afterwards, you came out and you're like, oh, I feel like I've had the best nap of my life. Yeah. And I was like, I, what? I was,
1: I was so well rested after that. And all I wanted was my toast. Yeah.
0: Women say that though, don't they? After having a baby. They say the tea and toast they give you in the hospital is the best tea and toast you'll ever have in your life.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we carry on now.
0: Oh, thank you. So, yeah, she said, uh, I didn't have the words to describe the pain. It was horrific. She said, I wanted to say something. I wanted to move, but I couldn't. I was so paralysed. I couldn't even make the tears to cry. At that point, I could hear my heart rate on the monitor. It kept going up, higher and higher.
1: Oh, and the more you'd hear it, yeah, the more you'd be panicking. So the yeah, ah, oh, fuck that.
0: So after the surgery, she said later, as I recovered from the ordeal, the surgeon came into my room, grabbed my hand with both of his, and said, "I understand there was some problems, Mrs. Penner."
1: Some problems,
0: like what even, like what the fuck do you mean, problems? Some problems. I said to him, "I was awake. I felt you cutting me." His eyes filled with tears as he grabbed onto my hands and said, "I am so sorry." Like she went, sorry, on, yeah. She went on to um tell him the different things that she had heard him say. And as she was saying, you said this, you said that, he was like, yeah, I did. He was just confirming everything like, oh my God, you, you know exactly what was going on. It even went as far as that she was able to tell him what her diagnosis was. Like she heard everything. She knew what was happening. It's, it's fucking horrific. Fuck. Uh, and Dan has also said that she tells her story not as a way to lay blame on anyone, but to raise awareness that these things do happen. Yeah. And fair I've play to heard,
1: Yeah, I've never heard of uh, this before.
0: Now, we always link the sources for the information we've used. Um, this was from an article on the BBC, and if you're interested in it, definitely give it a read. There's also audio files of her speaking about it. Okay, And it's... it's if you can handle it, it's very interesting, you know. It's, it's a crazy story. But there you go. That's um, waking up during surgery. Another nightmare for you.
1: Yeah. I well, hope you for... enjoyed. Well, thanks for that.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Find us on Patreon, TikTok, Facebook and Instagram. If you have a case suggestion or maybe even your own story, email us at podcast at gmail.com.